Uh, great to have you with us in our guest segment tonight. I want to set this up. The Chateau Marmont is maybe one of the most fascinating properties in all of Southern California. And uh, you may not know it, but it's the location where John Belushi died. There are so many fascinating stories. The hotel's been operating for more than 90 years and has hosted uh, Hollywood's biggest stars. And uh, there's just so many stories. It's 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 almost like a living, breathing entity in and of itself. And, you know, if if the walls could talk, I mean, who knows what else we would know. But the closest thing to that is this fantastic book, uh, which was written by our guest tonight. And uh, Sean Levy is back with us. Uh, Sean, good to have you with us, sir. Oh, thanks so much. Uh, the book, by the way, for people that want to get it, it it's uh it's it's big and it's a great gift book if you're thinking of of someone that has a, a birthday coming up or 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 maybe an early Christmas gift. Father's Day. Father's Day. Great. Uh, I'm a father, so I'm I, I should be thinking that, too. It's called The Castle on Sunset. You can get it on Amazon. There's the audio version. There's a hardcover version, a paperback version. And for those that do the Kindle, uh, it's also on Kindle and you can save some money because it's only 10 bucks if you read it on the Kindle. Uh, again, it's called The Castle on Sunset. You can find it on Amazon. I wanted to have you back, Sean, for a lot of reasons. Number one, we're doing a lot more with video right now so we're getting a lot more uh, market penetration with the show um but also i was reading in in just pop culture news recently uh wasn't there something just recently happening at the chateau marmot some sort of modern day scandal where uh somebody was going to film something there and they they decided they're not going to film there and there's a strike going on and some sort of uh litigation why don't we start with with that story first yeah, the, the current ownership of the Chateau has has had a really bad pandemic. Um, no one in the tourism business did well during this past, you know, 15 months. But uh, during the time of the shutdown, the current ownership of Chateau Marmont um, fired all the longtime employees. Um, just just plain fired them. Wow. Um, not furloughs. Then... Uh, started hiring people back in ways that didn't reflect the policy of, you know, favoring the longest term employees, bringing them back. Um, during that shutdown, several of the fired employees started speaking out about um, uh, racial and inequities in hiring and promotion practices and, you know, work assignments at the hotel. This followed um, 
this none of this is in my book, which was published in 2019 originally. But in 2018, and this is in the book, the current owner was um, revealed in a very extensive and well-vetted story in the New York Times to have a history of sexual assault on uh, employees and social um, acquaintances. Um, and then while all this is brewing, the guy decides he's going to turn the hotel from a hotel into sort of a timeshare, a membership-based hotel. In other words, you wouldn't just say, hey, I'm going to L.A., I'm going to stay at the Chateau Marmont. You'd have to be a member of Chateau Marmont and then see if there was an opening at the hotel during the days you wish to be there. So the combination of all of these things, um, there are labor relations, a labor uh, board looking into it in California. There are private lawsuits being waged against him. The PR has been a disaster for about two years now. And um, people who had long associations with the hotel are now um, uh, sort of uh, honoring a boycott of the hotel, including the filmmaker and, and screenwriter Aaron Sorkin, who was filming a story about uh, Lucy, Lucille Ball and Desi Arnaz in part at the hotel because it did play a part in their long marriage. And um, he decided to shoot somewhere else. So um, they've been in a real pickle for about two years now. Well, it's, it sounds like uh, a hotbed of controversy. It's 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 like uh, almost like the gates of hell are, are right there. I mean, it's like all these stories from yeah. your book and then like like this. Now, now this uh, is going on. I mean, it's almost like the property is cursed or something. But uh, I want to maybe lay the groundwork for people that are not familiar with the Chateau Marmont. Um, if you're driving, so what highway would you be driving down? I, I've seen it many times. I just don't remember because I haven't been to L.A. in three or four years. But you can actually see it up on on the, um, a little a little hillside. Isn't that right? Yeah, it's it's right at the entrance to the Sunset Strip. If you're driving on Sunset Boulevard through the flats of Hollywood, where it's a grid, suddenly you get to a point where the road begins to become curvy and you enter the Sunset Strip. And Chateau Marmont is right there at the eastern edge of the Sunset Strip slash the western edge of Los Angeles City. It's at the entrance to the city of West Hollywood. And it was built there in 1929 uh, as an apartment building. Um, 1929, about seven months after they opened the door, was the uh, stock market crash of the Great Depression. After about two years, it was sold to another party who turned it into a hotel. And since then, it's been associated with showbiz. Uh, the, the fellow who turned it into a hotel was one of the founders of the motion picture business in Southern California, a man named Albert Smith. And he had contacts in the business. And, you know, because it was built as an apartment house, every unit, and there were only 48 units in the original building. So there's only 48 rooms in the hotel. And then there are 15 bungalow rooms in, in outbuildings. Um, so it's a tiny hotel. 63 rooms is like one floor of, of uh, the MGM Grand in Las Vegas. It's, it's nothing. Um, and because it was built as an apartment building, it's very private. You have your own kitchen or kitchenette, depending on the size of, of the unit you rent. Um, there, there was no big lobby or 
restaurant or bar in the original building. So you kind of came in through the garage or, you know, through a very discreet front door the way you would in any apartment building. And because of that, it became a place where people, A, could stay for a long time. So if you're out there shooting a TV series or, or a film and needed a place for like three months, it was better than a hotel. You could cook your own meals. But also, you didn't see other people. The the old adage in showbiz was, if you want to be seen, go to the Beverly Hills Hotel. If you don't want to be seen, go to Chateau Marmont. Now, it, it, just comparing those two hotels, when you think of a hotel where a celebrity might stay, you think of the Beverly Hills Hotel, which I've been in. It's a very posh, five-star, uh, beautiful place. But the Chateau Marmont is much more gritty place. It is not, uh, you know, a beautiful five star type of environment. Uh, share with people sort of the vibe of of the Chateau Marmont uh, compared to a place like, you know, the Beverly Hills Hotel. Well, in its current incarnation, the Chateau Marmont is as deluxe as any hotel in Los Angeles, but it wasn't that way for a very long time. Um, it was a residential hotel. It didn't have a lot of the amenities, so there was no gift shop. There was no swimming pool until it was open for almost 30 years. Um, and, you know, the, the, the because it was uh, um, a sort of like a residential hotel, a long-term residential hotel, they didn't really keep it up the way, you know, it was more like a, a, an old apartment building. It, it didn't have a reputation outside of the world of show business and people who maybe wanted to keep on the lowdown. Um, and the current owner, who's in all this turmoil, a man named Andre Balaj, acquired the hotel in about 1990. And he has restored it to look like a plush hotel from the 40s or 50s. And it's gorgeous. I mean, you, you go in there now. There, he has put in a restaurant. He has put in a bar. There is a little gift shop. There's a gym. There's all the things you would expect of a modern hotel, a, a five-star hotel. But it looks like it was all done in the 40s. In fact, in the 40s, the place was kind of run down. And in the 70s, it was, it was practically a dive. Um, but he's done this very clever thing, which I admire quite a bit, turning the hotel to look like a glorious past that it, in fact, never really enjoyed. OK, so 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 present day, present day, this is a, a posh place. Um, and I just pulled yeah, it up online. Travago, nine twenty five a night. Uh, so this is not yeah, the this yeah. is not the Red Roof Inn. Uh, but I want to. No, no, no. I want to I want to ask about uh the death of John Belushi, because the pictures I recall seeing of that scene was a more gritty, uh, you know, Chateau Marmont, not as posh of a place as what it is today, as you're describing it. And it also seemed like, if I remember correctly, that at the time John Belushi was broke, uh, he had run out of money uh, the day that he died. Apparently, the day or two before that, he was going to his agent looking to get money and his agent wouldn't give him money because he thought it would be used for drugs, which was probably a good suspicion and a good reason not to give him money. Uh, but uh, what was ha what was the uh, sort of, you know, uh, scene there during that time? And tell us a little bit about the Belushi death. 
Well, Belushi was using the hotel as early as the mid-70s. Um, Lorne Michaels, who created Saturday Night Live, um, was actually based on the East Coast and in Toronto, where he's from. And when he traveled to Southern California, he would stay at Chateau Marmont. He was a writer on a number of TV series and trying to get projects launched. And he would be there for you know, weeks at a time and Chateau Marmont was a great place. If you like, if you didn't, if you had a deal, you'd stay at the Beverly Wilshire or the Beverly Hills Hotel. If you didn't have a deal, you'd stay at Chateau Marmont. And as a result of Lorne Michaels' long uh, patronage of the place, a lot of the early Saturday Night Live crew members, uh, cast members who we would think of, you know, Dan Aykroyd and Belushi, Eddie Murphy, those sort of people stayed at Chateau Marmont. It was sort of their house hotel. And it reminds you of being in New York because you're like in an apartment building, even though it's a hotel. Um, Belushi was staying there. He was trying to get a number of films off the ground. And that was during the uh, ownership of a man named Ray Sarlat, who like saved it from being a teardown but really, it was not a deluxe hotel, and, and it was a place where drug dealers came and went. There wasn't a lot of security. The place wasn't well known. It was Belushi's death that really put it on the map for sort of the ghoul tour of Southern California that takes you you know past crime scenes or death scenes or the general public. Um, doing my research, you know, as late as the 1960s, even the Los Angeles Times felt that they had to ID Chateau Marmont when they dropped the name of the place in the story. Uh, a hotel on the east edge of Sunset Strip that caters to show, bi- show business people. And then nowadays, you say Chateau Marmont, Belushi's name is one of the first things that come up, but it's also associated with younger stars, you know, Keanu Reeves, Johnny Depp, Britney Spears, uh, uh, Avril Lavigne, you know, uh, people like this. Lana Del Rey has the phrase Chateau Marmont tattooed on her arm. So, you know, it, it's very different than it was when Belushi stayed there. You could have your drug dealer walk right in and do business in your room and leave, and nobody would bat an eye. Today, you practically have to show a passport to get into the bar. I found it interesting, too, in my own reading and research on the death of John Belushi, that his body was found by martial artist Bill Wallace, who I didn't know that until I was researching this. And I've actually uh, I'm a Taekwondo instructor and I've actually trained. Wow. I've actually trained with Bill Wallace and I never asked him about this uh, case. I never knew of his involvement in it. But Bill Wallace finds the body, uh, the martial artist Bill Wallace. And then uh, it's also true, is it not, that uh, the the story was that both Robin Williams and Robert De Niro were a couple of the last people to visit Belushi the day that he died? That's right. The night before um, he died early in the morning um, of I think it was March 4th or 5th, 1982. And uh, those guys were with him in the you know midnight to morning hours um, coming in and out of his room. It was his his bungalow was party central. De Niro had um, here, here's how cheap that hotel was. De Niro used to keep a suite on retainer. Uh, you wouldn't, you can't do that when the cheapest room in the place is 900 bucks a night, no matter how much money you've got. Yeah. Um, especially with you know, the divorce the, that he the has, bungalows. especially with his divorce yeah. that he has going now. So yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's Belushi's it. bungalow was something like 150 a night. And today it's probably about five grand a night. So it's quite different, but those guys were in and out of his room. They both testified before the grand jury who was looking into the, 
the uh, manslaughter charge against the woman who gave him the fatal drug overdose. So, yeah, that's 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 for real. And um, there was another death also um, at the hotel. Isn't that right? Oh, yeah, there there was um, there are a couple over the years, you know, hotels, people, you know, who are who are desperate and sometimes out of out of uh control will wind up in a hotel and the strange one about uh, some photographer who who crashed his car in the garage or something what was that all about helmut newton was a celebrity and uh fashion photographer very well known all around the world um really a great artist and he used to spend again this is before the the era when you know the rooms were so pricey he would spend several months of every year living at Chateau Marmont, he and his wife, who just passed uh, a week or three ago. <laughs> and he was pulling out of the driveway one day in his uh, his Cadillac, and he had a fatal heart attack and crashed into a wall across the street. Um, you know, it wasn't a, wasn't a death by misadventure or anything like that. He was a health nut and, you know, not, not, not on drugs. He was an older man and he, his heart failed. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's one of those things that sort of, Chateau Marmont, even even when it's not a nefarious story, it's an odd story that attaches itself to the place. Yeah, and 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 so many strange occurrences there. I want to ask you about uh, Roman Polanski and Sharon Tate in a moment, but before I do that, and I know this will sound like maybe a, a, a question in terrible taste, but do people go to the Chateau Marmont and then stay in the Belushi? cottage because they know that was his cottage i mean is it the same place as i mean or did they tear it down and rebuild it or does oh, it, no, no, it's, it's still the same cottage they, yeah they they renovated it almost immediately you know it was a death scene and it was a tragedy you know he was a young man yeah it was out of control but you know no no one wanted to see that happen to him and um in the wake of his death, uh, both uh, Rick James, the funk musician, and Jean-Michel Basquiat, the uh, graffiti artist who turned to fine art, both of them specifically requested the Belushi uh, bungalow. Um, it did have this sort of you know, macabre cachet for some people. And like I say, you know, as soon as Belushi died, the hotel became the, the Chateau Maman, comma, where John Belushi died. Yeah. And every day there would be tours of you know, rubberneckers wanting to see this place that had been sitting there un, uh, unremarked on for more than 50 years at that point. Another odd question. Are there room? I live near St. Augustine, Florida, and it's a cottage industry here. The ghost tours, everything is supposedly haunted. <laughs> I think some of the bed and breakfast owners rattle chains up in the attic at 3 a.m. to yeah. get the guests all excited about the notion that there might be a ghost uh, in their place. Uh, is there any rumor or talk of ghosts at Ch- Chateau Marmont? You know, I mean, there would have to be, right, a there, place like that? Yeah, there there are. I did not report on them in my book because, I, you know, I, I used to work at a newspaper and I do have like a standard <laughs> of, of, of belief. Um, but those things do exist and they're, they're fun. You know, people, people stay in the Belushi bungalow and say, Oh, I had papers on my desk and in the morning they were on the floor. And I'm like, dude, that happens in my house. You know, it's called a cat. <laughs> you know, it's like, so, you know, it, yeah, people, I was, will say I was awakened and they believe it. I was awakened at 3 a.m. to sweet home Chicago, uh, a guy wearing a black hat. <laughs> 
uh, singing, right? Yeah, these these would be the kind uh, of stories yeah. you would hear from around here. But you know, places like this um, are so historic, and when you think about. Uh, Charles Manson, which, you know, people living today, young people living today uh, who weren't alive at the time when all that happened, they think of Manson as almost like a fictional character. But, you know, you can go on a tour, as I understand, people uh, can go see all the different sites of of Manson. And one of the sort of chilling footnotes in that story is that uh, about six months, if I understand it right, before uh, Sharon Tate was murdered. Her and Roman Polanski were staying at the Chateau Marmont. Is that right? That's right. Um, she, you know, Polanski is uh, Polish, European, grew up in in, in uh, Warsaw and, and new cities and a hotel like Chateau Marmont kind of. But it's like a pension in many ways that you would find in, in an Eastern European city. And um, Sharon Tate was a uh, kind of a, you know, free-spirited free hippie girl of the late 60s. So the Chateau Marmont at that time was an ideal place for them. And when she became pregnant, um, she asked her husband, Roman, if they could move to a house because she thought it was gauche to bring a new baby home to a hotel as much as she loved the hotel. That's how they wound up renting the house in Benedict Canyon, where she was murdered by Charles Manson's minions, um, mm. who were looking for somebody else entirely. They were looking for Doris Day's son, who was a record producer who had spurned Manson. Um, but, you know, it's just it's just a, a really, you know, ugly bunch of coincidences. There's also evidence that uh, the Polanski, um, the, the sort of you know, robotic women who carried out the murders, had been in and out of Chateau Marmont, not not for nefarious reasons, just because that was you know, sort of one of the stops on the on the party scene at the time. Now, there were a couple of other interesting stories, more modern day, involving Britney Spears being there uh, and Lindsay Lohan. Uh, any any uh, juicy details on on those stories? Well, this is you know when when Britney Spears was having sort of a very public uh, episode of mental illness about twelve years ago now. Um, Chateau Marmont was one of the places where the world first became aware of it. She was dining in the restaurant, which was relatively new at that time. And, you know, it's a tiny restaurant and a tiny hotel. Getting a table at the restaurant is something of a coup. And um, she started smearing her, her dinner on herself, on her face. And patrons, you know, notified management. She was asked to leave and temporarily suspended, you know, her privileges to, to use the, the hotel and the restaurant were suspended. Lindsay Lohan was staying there um, around the same time in the, in the uh, late 2000 aughts um, and ran up a 40 odd thousand dollar bill um, with no means or intention to pay it. She thought uh, the producers of the TV movie she was making were going to pay it. I mean, I, I, I in my research, I turned up the itemized bill from her stay and you know, she was there for about five weeks and, she purchased from the hotel gift shop something like a half a dozen I iPhone chargers. You know? Wow. I mean, like, you know, there were days when she had, like, $2,000 worth of um, uh, minibar charges. And, 
you know, um, I would be deathly afraid crazy. a place like that. I would not even open the door to the midi bar to even look in there exactly. because there's probably a fee yeah, just yeah. for looking inside there. Uh, boy, that's, yeah. that, that's so, crazy. Right. 40,000. So was it, was it, was she like, uh, did they attempt to prosecute her for that bill or whatever happened with that? No, um, they, they, you know, they, they evicted her, um, you know, the, the, Someone in her entourage made all the documents available to TMZ at the time. Okay. And, you know, she got, she got a series of letters from management and then finally looked, you've, you've ignored all our previous entreaties. We're going to empty your room. And, um, over time, she, you know, she, she was banned from the hotel for a period of time. And then some sort of entente was reached between her and management and she, she was welcomed back. Um, but yeah, you know, it was, you know, Sophia Coppola, the, the director, the daughter of Francis Ford Coppola, um, she kind of grew up going to Chateau Marmont and she made a wonderful film set there called Somewhere. It's, it's all, you know, it's arty and, and maybe a little uh, underplotted for some people, but it's a really beautiful film and it's about a young actor living there and, and, um, having a, a, to reconnect with his daughter. He's divorced and she's living with her mother, but the mother, drops her off with the dad. So in the atmosphere of Chateau Marmont, the two of them kind of bond. It's a sweet story. And Sophia Coppola also grew up at Chateau Marmont spending other people's money, but she made good on it all the time. And when, when she wanted to make the film, she was one of the very few people who management at that time granted access to the grounds. And if you, if you can't afford to stay at Chateau Marmont, you can, you can rent that movie called Somewhere and you get a sense of what it's like. Okay, that's interesting. And when they would do something like that, I would imagine, would they have to close part of the property for the filming or – would it just kind of go yeah. on like was it more like a reality show with people doing their thing in the background while the movie was being filmed? They 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 really go to great lengths to make you feel like it's sort of got a documentary thing. There are many longtime staff members playing themselves or, you know, like there's. Uh, the movie begins and ends with a parking valet giving the actor his car, and that guy is one of the people who was let go by management in this purge. Wow. He was a parking valet at that hotel for decades. And there was a famous, there was a singing waiter who'd been there since the 50s um, who had sung to Sofia Coppola when she was a child, and he's in the movie, and the general manager of the hotel is playing the general manager. So things like that are going on. So that's that's part of the... the um, um, sort of uh, greatness of the film is that it really, you know, for someone like me wanting to see, well, what was the hotel like in the nineties? Bam, there's, there's pictures of it. And uh, it, it's really, it's really charming in that way. But they did, in fact, they were given a floor of the hotel and the actor who plays the lead, um, Stephen Dorff was given a long-term suite just above the suite where his character lived. So he would be like, you know, in the morning to, to go to work, he would just come downstairs and he'd be in a room <laughs> very like the room he was living in. Yeah, that's and I'm sure well, I helped him. Yeah, and and uh, you know, uh, talk about method acting. Like you'd have to remind yourself yeah. whether you're you or your character, depending on what floor you're on and what you know what's going on. Uh, that would be insane. Exactly. Uh, and then we go back you in know, time. There's, there's a wonderful. Go ahead. There's a wonderful benefit of staying at the hotel. Um, if you're there for a couple of nights, 
You will get your hotel, uh, your notepad by the telephone or by your bedside will say Chateau Marmont in residence, Sean Levy. Like they'll have that printed. And for him, in the room of his character, they had printed Chateau Marmont in residence, Johnny Marco, which was the character's name. So even ah. if he picked up a scratch pad, um, they, they had made it so that he could stay in character. Wow, that is that's that's fascinating. Uh, and then we go back to some of the like legendary names. Uh, James Dean uh, was there. Tell us tell us about James Dean. Well, again, to give you a sense of how inexpensive the hotel was, the filmmaker Nicholas Ray lived there for almost eight years in, in a bungalow. And um, during that time, he conceived, wrote, cast and made Rebel Without a Cause. And of course, James Dean was the star of that film. And Nicholas Ray um, would throw a pool party every Sunday afternoon and people would show up and it was the 50s and, you know, beat Nicky time. People would bring jugs of red wine and, you know, uh, reefers, as they called marijuana back then, and bongos and you know, the parties <laughs> would go on into the wee hours. Uh, and James Dean was part of that scene. Um, wow. And Nicholas Ray was, uh, he, he was kind of predatory. You know, he had all these high school kids in the movie and he was, um, he was sexually preying on Natalie Wood, who was his underage star and Sal Minio, who was one of his underage stars. Um, but such was the Chateau Marmont at the time that if things like that went on there, people didn't like immediately pick up the phone and call either the newspaper or the police. It was just sort of like that. That's that's yeah, life. Please here, don't you know? tell this me. Please don't. Please don't tell me there's gambling at Rick's. Right. I mean, yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> uh, now, what about uh, Desi Arnaz and Lucille Ball? What an iconic Hollywood couple. What's their connection to the Chateau Marmont? Well, one of one of the things about Chateau Marmont that was well known from the 40s on to about the current day was if a married person was staying there, that was a sign that their marriage was ending because it was sort of like your your, you know, your, your bachelor pad on the way to the divorce court. <laughs> yes. And um, Desi, Desi and Lucy had such a tumultuous marriage. Um, she filed for divorce several times over the years before they ultimately divorced. Uh, he kept belongings at Chateau Marmont because he was so <laughs> often thrown out of the house. And in one of the famous stories about them there is that she came over and they were having a big fight. There was a an attache case that he had or she had, and they were on the terrace and the thing came unstuck from one of their hands and thousands of dollars in, in uh, greenbacks floated down on the breeze to Sunset Boulevard. Wow. During one of their marital fights. <laughs> so you can see why, why um, Aaron Sorkin wanted to film there. You know, those balconies are, are world famous. And well, you I get mean, up there and film right. I mean, that that scene alone would be an Aaron Sorkin scene. I mean, I, I love the show Billions. I could just see the the camera, you know, uh, panning out as the um, the 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 money is floating down, you know, to the street below. I mean, they, they would have yeah. had to, had to with, include with that. All of 
Yeah, all of West Hollywood at your feet and money pouring out of the sky, you know, a great, great moment. But that, you know, that that's one of those stories that I, I couldn't prove it, prove it. Like I couldn't find a police reporter, that sort of thing. So I, I couched it like saying this is the story that you hear, you know, but I love it. Well, and, and, <laughs> and, last, really and lastly, I want you to talk a little bit more about the workers, because I know what they're going through and so forth. But um, I find it fascinating that some of these workers have been there. I mean, is it like that some of these uh, people started when they were, you know, right out of high school or college and then they just stayed there like as a valet or or a worker in the hotel? And I can't even imagine what stories that they would have. Are those uh, people generally open to sharing or is it uh, sort of part of their their code that they don't talk about what they've seen? No, that, that the latter is the case. You know, people who are long term employees in the hospitality business at Chateau Marmont or any any you know real institution, whether it's a restaurant or a hotel of that of that longevity, you, you keep your job because you keep your 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 eyes and your mouth shut. You know, see no evil, speak no evil, hear no evil. And those people are generally, they were not available to me. You know, if they had stories to tell, they were very, you know, milky and anodyne stories that, you know, were were so drab. Oh, you know, so-and-so, he's a very nice man. You know, <laughs> I'll tell you something. Don't don't tell anyone that I told you this, but so-and-so, he's a good tipper. Yeah. Like, really? That's, that's, that's your, your bad story. But, um, as these people have been let go, you know, I, I wrote a book in, in the nineties about, um, the rat pack, Frank Sinatra and them. And I was at the Sands hotel for the last two weeks that it was o- open before they blasted it to build the Venetian. And those people told me stories because they knew they were going to lose their jobs forever. And in the time that it would take to build the Venetian, they were going to reach retirement age and, and they were never going to be hired back by, by a new hotel. And uh, I, I think that the people who are um, suing Chateau Marmont right now, if someone were to come along in five, ten years and write another book about Chateau Marmont, I think that journalist would find a great many of those people telling stories, including stories about management that I wasn't able to dig up. Is that Rat Pack book still available? Oh, yeah. It's called Rat Pack Confidential. Okay. I'm I'm just mentioning this to my producers who, who is in the next room. I'd love, I would love so much to have you come back sometime and, and talk about that book. Uh, but just to, I wanted to ask you this this last thing. I know that I said that was the last question, but one more. Um, what what has the hotel thought about all of this, this book you've written and so forth? Are they embracing you in the book like, OK, this is our history and we love this guy because he's kind of you know keeping our name out there? Or is this considered like scandalous that you're sharing some of the darker side of what has happened there? You know, I think they feared that this was going to be, uh, you know, a, a, a slap job, but it, it's not. I, 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 you know, to be an author and spend several years of your life thinking every day about a subject, it's got to be something you like. I've written one or two books about people that I did not care about, and it's a nightmare. There are people who I would not want to write about because I don't want to lease them space in my head right. for a couple of years. And wake up every day thinking about them. 
So I think this is a love letter to the hotel. And before it was published, they were on guard. You know, they, they wanted to stop Doubleday from using an image of the hotel that was taken on a public street <laughs> uh, on the jacket of the book. And, yeah. and Doubleday said, look, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> no, seriously, what is your complaint? And, you know, they went away. And then the book came out and we've never heard another word about them. And then, of course, we had, you know, the book came out in, in the spring of 2019. So COVID and all these things had happened. Um, the book is, is under option by um, John Krasinski, the, who, the actor who also produces and directs. Um, he wants to do a TV series based on, if not Chateau Marmont, a, a thinly disguised version of Chateau Marmont. And he's a friend of the hotel. He used to live nearby, and he and his wife, Emily Blunt, used to dine there. There were you know, a lot of paparazzi shots of them over the years coming and going from Chateau Marmont. So I suspect that you know, for one thing, management's got a lot more on its plate than this book. Yeah. And the book was very successful in Los Angeles. Um, it's spent something like 30 weeks on the Los Angeles Times bestseller list. So I, I, I suspect that they now know that this book is a celebration of them. And as I say earlier, I may not think that this guy who owns the hotel currently is anyone I would want to sort of be my neighbor or, you know, babysit my kids. But I think what he's done as a hotelier and, and the, what he's done with this property um, and turned it into something, a real jewel, when it used to just be like a husk, is commendable. So, you know, I get it if he doesn't want anything to do with me personally, but he could have had a much worse version of this story told about him. Well, it's a fascinating book. I've read it. And, and honestly, it's almost like a biography of a building. I mean, is really what it is. Uh, cheers. That's, uh, and, that's and, exactly what I wanted to write. It's, it's great to hear you say that. And 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 with any biography, except the one that they write after I'm dead, they'll you'll always find some negative things, <laughs> except mine, right? Yeah. That's what everybody says. You know, it's, it's all my my life was just perfect. I never never had a down day. Uh, but uh, that's that's part you of biographies. Know. In fact, I I used to when I homeschool my kids for a while. And one of the things I did was every day we'd watch a different biography from the biography channel and I could go to the library and get mm -hmm. the VHS tapes. And I found that to be very interesting because a lot of those biographies I learned about, like the downtimes, the struggles that people had, which you don't really hear about unless you really study someone's life. And uh, there's a lot of history there. There's a lot to learn. And uh, this is certainly a book that people will enjoy who are, you know, watchers of celebrities or you know, just people interested in history, because with every page turn, with every story, it, it takes us back in time uh, to this hotel, which was uh, almost 100 years old now. Right. Uh, when it was first built. Yeah. Yeah. 100 uh, years. Uh, old. I think this is its 93rd year in business. Currently. 93rd year. Well, Sean Levy, thank you so much. You're always a fascinating guest. And uh, thanks for visiting with us. And uh, I would really love uh, to have you come back and talk about the Rat Pack. I'm a, uh, a former professional trumpet player and I still play with, wow. I still play with an 18 piece big band and we still do all of that music, especially Frank Sinatra's original big band charts and all of that. We still play. So oh, I, I, yeah, I would love to, uh, have you come back and talk about the Rat Pack. That would be fascinating. Thank you. Thank you so much sure, sir, for being here. 
Thanks for the invite and holler anytime. All right. God bless. Thank you. Wow. That was I, I just love talking about history. I know some of our listeners and viewers are like, I was at I I, have to, I tell you this. I was out the other day and uh, mentioned the Beatles to a young lady who was ringing me up at one of the convenience stores here. She didn't know who the Beatles were. And it just made me. I don't know. I don't feel like I'm that old. I'm 56 years old. But just the idea that a person would not know who the Beatles are. Um, I don't know. It just made me feel strange. Uh, I know we're, we're all, you know, none of us are going to live forever. And maybe some of these names we mentioned tonight, people don't really connect with, especially younger people today. Uh, but what a fascinating book. You can grab it at Amazon. And uh, it's available in an audio version. Also, you can get the Kindle version, hardcover or paperback. It's called The Castle on Sunset, Life, Death, Love, Art and Scandal at Hollywood's Chateau Marmont. Thank you to Sean Levy. Fantastic interview. Loved it. And I look forward to getting him back on to talk about the Rat Pack. Thanks so much for joining us. And remember, if it's Sunday night, it's Jim Paris Live. So long, everybody. We'll talk to you next time.